I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today, let's talk about money with Patty Lovett-Reed. Patty is a highly respected Canadian financial guru. She is CTV's news chief financial commentator and coaches viewers on how to save money, stretch their income, and get the biggest bang for their buck. Her weekday financial updates for our national news channels are loved and valued by viewers. Patty is a certified financial planner and co-author of several national best-selling books. She has received numerous awards for the contributions she has made in her field and continues to spread her knowledge to a variety of audiences. We love watching her on The Marilyn Dennis Show, The Social, BNN Bloomberg, and so many other daytime programs. And we are so excited to have her here with us today. Patty, thank you for joining us. Oh, my goodness. With an introduction like that, thank you. Thank you. Actually, really thrilled to be here. Oh, and we're thrilled to have you. Um, finances, money is, I think, one of the most important topics uh, for young people, if not for most people. Um, and I know that I've, you know, spent my 20s and 30s trying to navigate this. And so it's all today is kind of all about education in that space. So we appreciate you having you and your knowledge you. here to kind of guide us. Okay, so, so go ahead. Yeah, ask. so let's start with, you know, financial literacy and and the gender gap that exists there. So, and I equate this to a personal story. So in my early twenties, I had male friends that were getting together, purchasing properties, making investments together, kind of pooling their funds. And that just never happened with my female friends. So I think that Mm -hmm. this starts like quite at a, you know, at a young, at a young age there. What, um, why do you think that is like, why are men more financially literate than women? And what can we do to kind of pivot this? You know, I'll give you an example. Um, Oprah Winfrey. I once read an article where Oprah Winfrey had $50,000 in cash set aside in case she ever became a bag lady. (laughs) Now, what are the odds of that happening? Right. (laughs) I don't think so. And so sometimes it's our money mindset. Um, I have talked to many people about money and I would say, Think about money like men will say, like a stream that can be replenished. If I lose it, 
it's okay, more is going to come along. Women sometimes will say, I think about a pool that um, I can't dig any deeper. And so therefore, I'm going to be really cautious. And so sometimes that happens. But I would say that was more so a decade ago. I am seeing women climb the corporate ladder. I have chatted with women who are entrepreneurs now. Um, Many women are advancing their degrees in school. And so that's helping. And so things are a lot different today than when I first started. That's for sure. Are we where we need to be and want to be? I don't think so. But we are a work in progress and we are getting there. Mm -hmm. So fair to say it's, it's a bit of a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do think that sometimes it is a mindset, but I will also tell you that it's, you know, you talk about a younger generation when my, um, my biological father passed away when I was nine and he was 36. And I actually did an interview in one of our major newspapers and said, my mother panicked. She didn't know what to do. And then she read the article and she said, whoa, 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 back up, girlfriend. I knew exactly what to do and I knew exactly where I stood. And so I, I want you to do a retraction. Well, I didn't do it in that article, but, but you get where I'm coming right. from. Sometimes assumptions are made. Okay. And I made the same assumption again when my stepfather passed away. Mom is 88. And I said to her, I said, I, I will step in and handle your finances for you. She said, no, thanks. I'm quite capable of doing it myself. If I need your help, I will ask. So sometimes those assumptions, they are misleading and we have to just get out of our own way. We are capable. Sometimes it's about the time. We don't always have the time to do it, but it doesn't mean we don't have the capability. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, as you were saying that, that Oprah analogy, I I relate to that because I very much you know, keep a certain amount that I'm just never going to touch. <laughs> so I, I need to kind of, it, yeah, it's a personal mindset shift that I think I have to have happen as well. So that's really interesting. And but can I just expand on that? Yeah, Not absolutely. so fast, because I do think having an emergency fund of three to six months living expenses, if something were to happen, you're going to get by in a difficult situation much better than someone else might because you have that money sitting there. So don't abandon the concept altogether, um, but understand you don't want to have too much because after taxes and inflation, you're losing money. Yeah, I think. um, And that's, you know, that's I think of the the females that are in my age bracket, because I'd love to move a little bit into kind of how different different generations look at money. Mm-hmm. And I think of the females in my age bracket, we're all, you know, established in our careers, making decent money um, and, you know, maybe have the home or, but we now have this kind of pool and we don't know what to do with it. Um, so what are some things, you know, whether, when it comes to saving for, whether it's saving for your retirement, maybe and making another investment into real estate, like what are some things that you recommend, uh, that people look at when they do have that, that pool sitting there and maybe it's also personal, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's a really great question. Uh, One of the things that I often will say to people is um, what excites you? What would force you to save your money? So if I were to say to you, and you're very young, um, you better save for retirement. And you go, yeah, but that's not going to excite me. But maybe saving for a new car or an addition on the house or our child's education, if you know where I'm coming from, it has to be you. And once you start to say, okay, 
here's what matters to me. Here's what's going to drive me to save more money. Then you say to yourself, okay, how do I, when do I need that money by? Let's say you need the addition in a year. Well, you're not going to put it into the market. It's simply too volatile. But if you're saving for your child's education, who may be one or two, and you think I have 16 years, you think, okay, now I can start to think, how can I make that money work for me? And there's no shame in saying, but I don't know what that means. Like, does that mean I put it in a mutual fund? Do I go into my bank? Do I start to build my own portfolio? And that's driven by who you are as an investor. Mm -hmm. No, that makes total sense. And because I just think of how, you know, the different people in my life kind of decide on different things, whether it's real estate, mutual funds, the stock market, um, it really does come down to like your personal, um, I guess, preference, but also comfort level, right? Like, oh, sure. yeah, I, I like real estate because I like to be able to physically kind of see and tangibly feel even live in sometimes my investments. So I think that that's, um, that's a really great, a great point of advice there for those that are maybe even younger in their twenties. What's the importance, you know, you're coming out of school, maybe you have some, some university debt to pay off. What's the importance of taking control of your finances then and there and in setting a plan? Well, I think one of the most important things someone who's a recent graduate can do is establish a credit rating, because in all likelihood, you're going to, if you haven't already got a credit card that's not attached maybe to your parents, you need to get a credit card. Maybe you're getting your first job and depending on the field it's in, they may check your credit rating. And so what I have often found is it's not a lack of ability to pay bills on time. Sometimes it's just sloppiness or it's willingness. Like it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'll pay that bill next month. Mm -hmm. But when you don't pay your bills on time, according to the terms and conditions, it doesn't mean you have to pay it in full it can compromise your credit rating. And so what I often will say is first, start to establish a credit rating. I I tried that with our son and when he first graduated and he let me have access to his accounts. And I said, can I ask you a question? Why do you have a balance on on your credit card? He said, I'm doing what you said. I'm making the minimum payment. I'm establishing a credit rating. And I said, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense because you're paying interest on that. So to the extent that you can pay it off, you're still establishing a credit rating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I also think too, when people are just starting out, it's about not spending every dime you have coming in. Um, I don't care how much you make. If you save a portion of your paycheck, you're living below your means. And the sooner you get that concept, Don't keep up with the Joneses because they're broke and we see it. I'm on Instagram. I think that's how we connected. We talked on Instagram this morning. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But, but, um, you know what? I'm not trying to keep up with someone else. I may be extra. The fact that I'm even on there probably says so, but it doesn't matter at what stage you're at. Don't try to keep up with the person next door. They're probably in more debt than you ever even thought of getting into debt. I remember reading, um, talking on the topic of debt, I remember reading some statistic and it was a U.S. based study and I'm, I'm not going to quote it right here, but it was it was alarming how many people couldn't pay their bills in one month and lived paycheck to paycheck. Like I just didn't have I didn't have a grasp of that. So to your point, because we see on social media 
these different lavish lifestyles, we just kind of assume, right? Like this generation that to your point is living on social, we assume that people have the money to be doing these things. And that's maybe probably a very different, um, a diff- very different factor to, over this last decade or so with social than we had prior, because yes, you would maybe compare yourself with the neighbors who were the Joneses, but now you're comparing yourself with like a, a globe. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a great, great point. But I can quote a stat at the Canadian Payroll Association uh, does an annual survey and it's well over 40 percent. It may even be closer to the low 50 percent where those who responded said they had less than two hundred dollars left at the end of each month. Now, assuming you have nothing go wrong, you don't have you don't lose your job, the car doesn't break down, the roof doesn't leak, you're probably okay. You can sort of muddle through. But the reality is um, things happen when you least expect it. And living that close to the margin because you're spending everything or you're living a lifestyle that's not sustainable, it's not a great comfort zone. I can tell you coming out of the pandemic, see how optimistic I am. I'm hoping we're on the other side of it. But Canadians have been saving a ton of money. We look at bank accounts, billions of dollars that that weren't there before the pandemic, partly because there's pent up demand, people can't spend. But there are a lot of people who have said, wow, for the first time in my life, I have this financial flexibility. I have this financial comfort. And it remains to be seen whether they go back to their old ways. Yeah. What is your, I'd love to move into that a little bit because I saw a meme the other day that said, I forgot how expensive outside is. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, we forget what it's like to to be living a regular day. I feel like whenever I do leave the house, it's usually for like groceries and paying bills. And I'm like, oh, I got to stay back inside. So do you, is there any studies or, or thoughts, I guess, around what we're going to see, you know, as we come out of this pandemic? Well, I think from an economic perspective, uh, the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem would love to see uh Canadians spend some of that money because the economy needs it. And to the extent that you can spend, I'm not saying don't spend. Uh, Think of the small business owner that's really been struggling to survive. Um, We want you to spend and the economy, the economy will. But we have what's happening here, a K-shaped recovery. And what I mean by that is you've got those who continue to work from home, continue to make their incomes, but they're not spending. So the rich are getting richer. And in that K, the ones who have lost their jobs in travel, entertainment, retail, uh, restaurants, they're getting poor Mm -hmm. because they can't work. And so, and they don't have their incomes. They can't work from home. And, And so we need this economic recovery is bumpy. It's uneven. It's going to be messy, but uh, we hope along the way that jobs will start to open up. People start to get back into the workforce, continue to earn money. Um, But we do want some to spend. I, I do my part. I do, but I do try to shop local as well. Right, right. And there's some other things too, just that I've noticed. And I, and I'm, I guess would love some confirmation if I'm just, this is in my head or true or not true or not, but um, the prices of living. So things like groceries seem to have gotten really expensive, different services. So getting a haircut seems to have gotten really expensive. Is that, is that factual or is that just more in my own head? <laughs> well, there are some, in some cases, a pandemic premium being put on because for example, when you go to the hairdresser, 
they have to up their cleaning. They can only have so many people, patrons in at a time. And some restaurants have added a pandemic tax on top of it. Um, So I do think things have gotten more expensive. When you look though, from where we were a year ago. So when you look year over year, we were, prices weren't going anywhere. There was not demand and we're coming off a low point uh, in the economy because of the pandemic. Then when you fast forward a year, you start to feel see people feeling a little better. So supply is not catching up just yet with demand. So the demand is there. So you can see, you go on to any website and you try to order something that's in demand right now and you can forget about it. It's going to take time. But And so that's why you start to see prices going higher. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. I think, you know, many people are calling it transitory and that's just another word for temporary. Okay. Once we get opened up, those prices will start to come back down. Things will start to moderate. Okay. Well, one of the things that seems to be in desperate need of moderation is the housing market here in Canada. (laughs) So maybe we can move into that. I know there is something like 62% of Canadians say that most people will be priced out of the housing market in the next decade. Talk to us kind of uh, macro level about what's going on in the housing market and, you know, what what we see happening in, in the next year. I know you're not a real estate agent, but I would imagine <laughs> you have a little bit a little bit of insight into this area. Well, I have been watching the real estate market. And to be honest with you, if it wasn't for the real estate market and the knock on effect in terms of jobs that came out of it, I'm not sure where the Canadian economy really would be. It has been blistering hot. Part of that is in part because the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem telegraphed that rates would be lower for longer. At one point, it wasn't an absolute guarantee, but he said 2023. So you're not spending money. All of a sudden you have a down payment. You've been in a pandemic for a year or so, and you are even before that. And you get a really good idea of maybe where you think you want to live and how you want to live and the space you want to live in. And while work from home is still in place, I'm not so sure all employers are going to embrace that going forward, but real estate has literally been propping up the economy, but prices, let's call it 30%. And that's maybe on average. Um, It's definitely a seller's market. What will change that rates going higher, things start to slow down. Um, and, And we'll see, according to CMHC, they see the next year with prices moderating, not falling, but still higher about 14 and a half percent. But that's that's an estimate from them. Okay, so if you are a young person that's looking to get into the real estate market um, and buy your first home, is there some recommendations that you give right now? Like maybe it's waiting, waiting a little bit and seeing what happens there or be honest, honest about that. I am not a strong proponent of timing the market. Okay. I, I don't think, you know, because I can't be sure. I don't, I can't be sure when rates will actually fall. Mm-hmm. I can't be sure when prices will actually start to fall. Um, currencies, you can say the stock market, the bond market. Um, so I believe in knowing my numbers. If I were to find a location that I absolutely loved and had to have, and trust me, I'm a real estate junkie. We have bought and sold real estate uh, in the decade 10 times whether it's recreational or our primary residence, because you don't fall in love with your assets. You know what? 
if I have someone that wants to buy it, I'm thinking, okay, it's time for me to move. But on the other hand, um, you really need to know those numbers. Mm -hmm. So you buying a home, especially your first home is emotional. So emotional. And for many, it's the biggest asset they own. And so it, it requires a lot of discipline, a lot of discipline. So if you know your numbers and you put an offer in and you're not looking to flip it and it's going to be somewhere where you live and you take advantage of the capital gains tax exemption, which is still in place, I would still say go for it. Why not? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mm-hmm. I, and I think, you, you know, we bring up obviously looking at the numbers an important point, because when you're taking on these massive mortgages at low interest rates, you know, what happens, you're going to, we're going to have part of your mortgage is not going to be at what is it 2.4%, I think right now is what I was quoted the yeah. other day. So, you know, making sure that you can afford when those interest rates go up as well. And and that's exactly why the stress test uh, will be put into place in the back half of the year that could start to slow things down. Because even though we might be in a low interest rate environment now, they want to ensure that rates go higher. The banks want to know that you're still going to be able to make that mortgage payment. And so that's how you have to qualify. So um, I don't see that changing. I think that that's going to likely be in place for quite some time. And it does make sense. These rates, they're not sustainable. They are rock bottom. And it's been a great place to be, but it won't be there forever. Now, with if you have this pool of money and maybe real estate is not what drives you, but you do want to be saving and investing, what are some things that the average person should look at? Is it getting in touch with a financial planner? Is it, you know, talking to your bank that might have a, a planner there? What, what does that, what's the first step to that? 
Uh, you know, I do think it is going into your financial institution because typically uh, you may have a pool of money, but you may not have a large pool of money. But trust me, those financial planners and advisors at the bank, they want you to stick with them for life. And if you have a discipline of saving, you'll likely start to move in and start putting money away. I believe initially that you pay yourself first every single month. I call We call them pre-authorized purchase plans. And this is where money comes right out of your account before you even see it. And it goes into an investment strategy. Now, for many young people, I would recommend a tax-free savings account over an RRSP because it's so flexible. You can put... Uh, stocks and bonds, um, all sorts of different types of investments in it. But if you decide you need the money, you can take it out without a penalty. Any income in the tax-free savings account that you make, you don't have to pay taxes on it because you don't get a break when you put the money in like you do with an RSP. But it's all about making sure that money works for you. So we have four adult children and all four of them talked to me when they first started to invest. And I said, okay, start to pay yourself first, put it into a dividend growth fund, large companies uh, that pay a dividend and just leave it alone. And they did. And they did it amazingly well over time. And that actually translated into a down payment for their home. Now, out of our four children, two of them still talk to me about it and they still invest there. But let's say David and Jane, and that's their names. uh, David is sticking with the dividend growth. He's a little more aggressive, but he's not way out there. Jane, not so much. She wants slow and steady, just a little bit of growth in her portfolio. And for now, that works for her. Our other son, Kevin, never mind, I'm going to do it myself. And he is. But you have to start somewhere. And it's understanding your tolerance for risk, your time horizon. And when I say tolerance for risk, it's two things. One is, um, if the market were to drop 20%, um, you might be willing to see that happen, but could you afford to see that happen? Right. So you have to have time on your side. Right. It's in, as you um, are kind of saying these specifics, I'm, I'm kind of, I wish I had my pen and paper here next to me to write some of these ideas down, but no, it's, it's an important thing to know. I think that that's one of the first things that my financial planner had asked is just kind of what is your risk tolerance. And it, it, also has to, for me, when I thought of it, it's like, okay, what does my lifestyle look like as well? Um, mm-hmm. And and what am I responsible for that made me think through, okay, how risky do I want to be? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Now there's, there's some new kind of, I guess, trends, you know, we talk about fashion trends all the time, um, mm-hmm. but let's talk about some trends that are happening in the economy. So the gig economy, for example, that is something that's fairly, you know, become at least bigger in the last, I don't know, I guess probably five years, if not, if not a little longer than that. Can you take us through how the gig economy is having an effect on um, finances in general, whether it's how we save, how we're taxed? Because mm-hmm. what I do think really is really interesting, and I wonder if this is going to result in a change, is it is a lot more difficult to get a mortgage approved when you do not have a full-time employer. It is. Um, yeah. And so I'll let you kind of take us through gig economy in general, but then I'd love to understand if you think that's going to change at all. 
You know, I don't see the gig economy going away. Uh, There are many people who would like a full-time position, but simply can't secure one. And so they will pick up short-term contracts and assignments and do what they need to do to make ends meet. There are others that will tell you that they like the flexibility of it and they quite enjoy it. This has come under the radar of Revenue Canada though, because um, back to your point about getting the mortgage, they wanna see your income. They wanna see how steady it is, how reliable it is. And when you have peaks and valleys in an income, um, it goes back to your ability to pay the mortgage, not your willingness, because you're probably very keen to make it, but what if you can't? And CRA also wants to say, okay, this platform economy, which is basically um, making money, it could be either through your mobile phone, over the internet, through the gig economy, they want to make sure they're getting their fair share of revenue as well. So they're drilling down, they're looking for consistency, that sort of thing. I could kick it so you go from the gig economy, you could talk about the sharing economy. People may decide to rent out a room, a boat, a car, whatever. Um, but still, if you're making money on it, you got to pay. That's the thing. And, and another type of platform economy is this buying and selling online. Think Poshmark, uh, Kijiji, eBay. Now, if you're selling your old Lululemon pants that um, you're not going to wear anymore and you're selling them at a discount just to get rid of them, pick up a few bucks, that's fine. Where CRA is going to drill down is they're going to say, wait a minute, you sold those pants, uh, someone else bought them, and now they're reselling them for a profit. That becomes like a small business, right? Right. Right. And even social media, even though, yes, I'm on Instagram, but I don't promote product, service or anything. Uh, But if I started to, um, if I am a verified person, and even if you're not, CRA is going to start to look around. And if they see something where you haven't included income that you generated, because you think, yes, I'm just doing one ad. It's not a big deal. They're coming after you. Mm-hmm. And, and so they should, because it's just like any other revenue generating, income generating uh, channel for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these people on, whether it's on Poshmark, I know um, when I lived in the US, the real, real, which I think is in Canada as well. Those are just some fashion ones. You can actually make quite a bit of money off of resale. Oh. Yeah. So I can see why they're going, you know, they're zoning in on some of that. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. to your point earlier, it's all new. Is it going to go away? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of um, understanding that CRA has ways to drill down to see if you're in a database. Like if you're wanting to rent your home out on Airbnb, Airbnb has a database and they're going to get access to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so... Is there any other new kind of trends that are happening out there that maybe like I had didn't come across in our research or anything else that you think is important to kind of note that that's changing? You know, I I think what's changing is that people have a lot more focus on experiences Mm -hmm. um, that they are craving more than things, which is why we are saving as much money as we are, because we can't simply spend money on the experience. And so I think the tremendous amount of pent up demand in that area um, will be explosive. And those who want to travel, they want to go to entertainment. Um, You're going to see some of the sectors that have been beaten down in the last year 
start to perform really well. So I, I'm not sure if it's it's new, it's not new, but we realized the last year, we just don't need as much stuff. We right. just don't. Right. And that's probably why these, some of these platforms, right? Like Kijiji, et cetera, mm-hmm. we're selling it yeah. off. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many times can you clean out a closet and still yeah, find things? Still yeah. Buy things, right? Yeah, I know. I did another rail this weekend. It's like never ending. Um, so for where can we as you know, young adults kind of find some resources on how to get control of our finances? I, I know if you want to mention your, you mentioned your social media as well, but where are some places that we can look to kind of get things moving? You know, it's a matter of um, how much time you want to do on it. All of the big banks have discount brokerages. So you may be someone that um, wants to focus in on setting up your own portfolio. The one that we didn't talk about would be cryptocurrency. Right. Yeah. We talked about Bitcoin or Dogecoin. Um, I mean, these things have taken off, but I can also tell you they have plunged. When you have one person that can move a currency you got to proceed with caution. I'm talking about Elon Musk of Tesla. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's wiped out billions of dollars just by simply saying initially that uh, Tesla was going to use Bitcoin as, as a currency to swap for one of their cars and then said, no, for environmental reasons, we're not going to do that. And we saw things, you know, definitely plunge. So it's a proceed with caution, but I don't think it's going to go away. Interesting. Yeah. I remember years ago sitting in a seminar where Bitcoin was brought up or cryptocurrency was brought up. And to be honest, I'm still a little confused on how exactly it works. Um, but I know. I'm trying, well, I think we all are. It's, all, it's not about the coin, but it's about the blockchain technology. Right. But then I started thinking about what could I have that would be so exciting to be a non-fungible token? And I, because what's happening is there are eccentrics out there. And if you think about it, what was the wild thing? If you had tons and tons of money, you would buy wine, you would buy art, you may buy jewelry. Well, now you're buying non-fungible tokens. I just don't have anything that exciting to sell. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not done yet. No, it was uh, anyway. Yeah, you're right. They had gone into started talking about blockchain and it just went a little over my head there. But but no, that I think that's all such, you know, such great information. And it's really interesting how, you know, our lifestyles and our priorities are shifting, whether it's gig economy, whether it's using these platforms, um, experiences. Mm -hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how policies from the government side Uh, take effect that because of these new kind of economies that are happening. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think those policies will absolutely continue to evolve. They do. Um, I don't know where that will actually go, where we'll see things go. But what we do know, and because we were talking about women earlier on, I think it's really important to bring up that women have been crushed in this pandemic. They, um, they, are working in many of the sectors that have been hardest hurt, whether it's travel or it's the service sector, it's retail. And then you've got children who are being schooled from home. And so women that have had to leave the workforce, yes, it has an impact on the household finances, but it has an impact on them as well. Mm 
Right. And, you know, women have worked so hard to make great strides and the pandemic, no question about it. Um, many call it a she session because we are seeing a recession predominantly in um, areas where women are are most seen. Yeah, no, I'm happy that you brought that up. I've been reading a lot of articles on that as well. Um, and is there any like what can what can we do to combat that? Like, is there anything that is there is there like support services that need to be in place or grant programs like what what can be done to kind of maybe have yeah. that not felt so drastically on the female side? Well, all three parties have talked about a national child care policy and, you know, we'll continue to watch to see how that works and evolves, but that is not going to be enough to get women back into the workforce. So it's training, it's development, it's skills, it's thinking, you know, there've been a lot of people who um, have really thought about who they want to be when they come out of the pandemic and what type of job do they really want to have? And I have seen so many women say what I was doing, that was then, this is now. And many have taken courses. Uh, They tell me about it. They direct message me on Instagram all the time to the extent that I can answer back. I do because I do think it's, it's very um, empowering. Mm-hmm. Now, not everyone can. If you're homeschooling three children and that's you don't think that's a challenge, it's a challenge. So it's it's going to be what sort of support mechanisms are put in place? Where do women want to go? But there's no question this pandemic has set women back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you mentioned uh, your Instagram there as well. Can you tell us where we can find you? on social and not, not, that we're, not that we're gonna all dm you right away but where can we you know oh, follow along do. I, and, um, well, I have to tell you when i started in instagram i i had talked to our children we had four adults more young adults living at home and they said no 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 mom you don't you won't get instagram you won't understand it so tell me no and i will tell you that yes i will and so i said uh, okay all right well give me some idea help me set up the account it's not all that creative and then they said well what are you going to do and i said well i'm going to focus in on family friends fitness finance and they went yeah okay whatever rolled their eyes and so i said okay um where do you think i'll be a year from now and so they showed me what their followers were. And so I would go out to presentations when we could. And I would say, are you on Instagram? Will you follow me? They said, you're not supposed to ask people to follow you. And I laughed and I said, yeah, okay, well, I just picked up 100 followers. So yeah. it's working for me. It and on so you. <laughs> I got verified and I don't know where I am now. But the fact is I crushed them. I love crushed that. Them. I love and it. the greatest fear right now is that I'm going to do TikTok. Oh, that would be fun. Some fun. You know what? I've seen some finance TikToks and I actually found them pretty informative. Yeah. So if I can find, if anyone is out there who is a technology guru that wants to help me get up and running, I give credit. But anyway, it's Patty underscore love it. Read just one word, even though it's not because I wasn't creative when I started it, but uh, it's not hard to find me. But, and I love it when people uh, send me messages and I do check to see the demographics that follow because I'm fascinated because I write and I do blogs two to three a week and I put them on my story because I learned how. And then I, um, you know, then I'll also talk about fitness things and we set monthly challenges and it's, I have a really nice community. 
Do you know how people say in social media, it can be mean and it can be harsh? Well, in all the time I've been on, I've had one nasty comment. Just oh, one. That's pretty great. Really that's, I know. That's a good so, average. So, I, so if you're going to follow me, if anybody's listening, you got to be nice. You got to be nice. nice. I like that rule. <laughs> I know I got my first mean comment the other day and I, anyway, I just deleted it right away from my direct messages. <laughs> well, I blocked it. I, blo- I blocked this yeah, person. Like yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not coming in my psyche. Yeah. Well, right. I have to say you're very witty on social. I loved, you know, your post about what Spice Girl and, and style you were. So do you want, I know your husband just described your style. Do you want to get an opportunity to describe your style now? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really funny. I did post that. Yes. Because, because when I heard style Canada, I said, do you think they're going to ask me to talk about fashion? (laughs) Jim looked at me and went, I I think they're probably going to talk to you about money. But I said, so do I have a style? And he said, sporty girl. And I went, sporty girl. And he goes, I said, like the spice girl, sporty. Um, Even though I have naturally curly hair. I don't know. People will see it. It's all over the place there. But I I did get my hair cut very short to be like posh. There you go. I'm just telling you. Yeah, you got me thinking like who I'd want to channel today when I saw that. And so I wore animal print, which I think is like scary spice. Scary. Yeah. So I was was like, maybe I'm ginger or maybe I'm scary. Um, But yeah. (laughs) But I am a sporty girl at heart. Um, I love a good pantsuit. I got to tell you. Um, But yes, I'm probably very sporty. I I think he had a bang on. I love that your husband knew the Spice Girls too. That's amazing. Well, Patty, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll definitely be following along, um, you know, whether it's on the Maryland Dennis show or on social media, we really appreciate you being here with us. Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. I hope we can do it again. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.